Speaking of the Jetta and speaking of uh, good times and, and making memories, mm-hmm. well, concerts, and you of anybody knows that concerts, in, in reality, yeah, you spend whatever on a ticket, but they're much more than just that. They're an event that literally make lifetime of memories. And not only the actual actual event, it's also the surrounding events that occur. It's the party during the party. It's the, it's yeah. the pre-party and it's, it's the adventure. It's all of the above. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you can survive the drive there, you're golden, dude. You're <laughs> Is that the key? <laughs> Is that the key? <laughs> well. <laughs> Coming in hot. <laughs> that's the key. All right. <laughs> you heard Tony there. Coming in hot. Boy, in the cold month of February in 1996, we did just that. Cypress Hill. Temples of Boom Tour. Thank you for listening to my podcast, Memory Mission. The spelling is not a typo. My first name starts with an M and my last name is Emery. Memory Mission is a podcast that is just that. I am on a mission for memories, not just any old memories you see. I am extremely blessed to share such fond, wild, and crazy memories with my friends and family. One of my longtime goals has been to capture and share these memories in some way because... A lot of this stuff you just cannot make up. But I never would have jumped into this work if I did not make a major life-changing decision two years ago. I stopped depending on a drink each night to cope with life stressors. That is the absolute wrong way to handle it. So I had to make a change, and I haven't looked back since. And with these newfound changes, I have a newfound perspective of life. While unlearning a harmful habit, I knew that then I had the time to start on that long-time goal of capturing and sharing our memorable and wild stories. So I taught myself all that I could about recording, producing, and shaping our memories into fun and engaging audio stories that I believe more people than just my friends and family would feel a connection to. Over the next two episodes, my good buddies Tony, Jim, and Jack We'll share our recollections of the events surrounding the Cypress Hill concert when we were juniors and seniors in high school in 1996, starting with the purchase of the tickets, ending with our trip home, and everything in between. And believe me, when I say everything in between, I mean there were many unexpected events, mishaps, and of course some poor judgment tossed in there as well. We've talked about this two-day excursion for 25 years now, so it was pretty much a given that we'd capture it and share it with others, because I'm sure many of you can relate. Here is Jim and I recounting the initial planning stages of our historic jaunt to the state capitol to watch the Cypress Hill concert. It's amazing how much things have changed over the last 25 years. As you'll hear, Jim had to drive to the local legendary record store, Orbit Music, to purchase physical tickets. When he walked out of that store, he had no idea that the tickets he had in his hand would be real enough to make us all go insane in the brain. But as you'll hear, we ain't going out like that. It was February of 1996. I would have been 17. You would have been 17. Yeah. It was that time when we're the same age. Yeah. And so 17 years old, I'm a senior in high school, you're a junior in high school. We decide to basically take a caravan down to Indianapolis to watch Cypress Hill, Farside, and 311. Do you remember 
like the beginning of that, how you got the tickets or yeah. anything like that? Talk to me. Yeah, it's 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 funny. I mean, when you know, when you told me that we were gonna sit uh-huh. down here, I I started to think about some stuff and and you know, the, as you get older, there's not not many things can you you know clearly remember no. <laughs> like doing no. something. Absolutely, it's fuzzy. I clearly remember uh-huh. hopping in my 1984 Chrysler Town and Country <laughs> mini wagon station ride. wagon, mini wagon station with wagon. with wood panel. <laughs> You know, t- to skip class, uh, right? To go to orbit music yep. in town and country, mm-hmm. and go and and because you know there were no cell phones like we talked about you earlier. You had, no, app, you you had to app. no, there that wasn't even a thing. No, there was no www. No, at that point, really. I mean, it was in the early infancy. Yeah, it was nothing. You weren't getting on a no. phone, getting on an app. No, no. Shoot, paper boy. Paper. Yeah, and you know, uh, fortunately for us, Orbit Music yep. was a provider of Ticketmaster mm-hmm. tickets, which mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. was the uh, ticket provider of the time, right? And uh, so I felt like this was the biggest concert that I have ever been to, yep. and it would only make <clears throat> sense that I should skip school You're to go right. get these tickets because You're I mean right. they're likely to get sold out, hands down. Oh yeah, Cypress Hill. Yeah, I mean, come on. Everybody wants to. Who Temples, wouldn't want to go see Temple that? of Boom tour? Right, exactly right. Who I wouldn't? mean, you kidding me? Who February nineteen ninety six, winter time. Who wouldn't want to get out in that? Right. So I skip class. Of course. <laughs> I go to Orbit and I buy my my tickets. You uh-huh. know, I didn't ask permission. I didn't. I didn't ask my parents if I could go you to Indiana first. Of course I oh, did. That is so smart. <laughs> Mom, I have the tickets. You have yeah, to let me go. Exactly right. It's like when my brother and I were little and she said we couldn't go swimming anymore. One of us would push the other one in the water and say, <laughs> we're, he's, we're already wet. We, you, you know, we're already wet. You might, you should let you us go swimming. We're already, yeah, you, let us you have to, to let me go. <laughs> Emery and Jack are going. Yeah, right. But we, our parents probably hadn't given us permission yet. <laughs> but we, I said, hey. Jack's mom and Jim's mom is right. You know. Yeah, they're yeah they're going, and I'm sure Jack said the same thing. <laughs> I'm sure you know. Which that was that was our that was our road crew. Yeah, that our, was our road our, crew. Uh, you and Jack. Yep, yep. yep. wasn't yep. the wasn't the first time. Nope, um, nope. Well, nope. That wouldn't have been the last either. Nope, nope. And so, uh, so you went to Orbit, got the tickets, got my tickets. I I can't tell you how much they were. I mean, I, I gotta know. believe they couldn't have been more than thirty bucks. Probably not even that. Maybe between you know? twenty and thirty. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. What are and, those now? Uh, You've been to more concerts, more man, well. 50, you know 60. how that was. See, man, it's I know all with third, COVID. Yeah, I mean, well, but yeah. if you want to get good seats to anything nowadays, uh-huh. you got to go. Uh, you got to go outside of, yes, like the actual. You got to go third, third party, third party yeah. aftermarket. Yeah, Lord, yeah. but we bought it straight from the horse's mouth. You Orbit got that music, right. Music Ticketmaster. Yep. Oh yeah, I mean the the mecca of entertainment mm-hmm. for us in the nineties. What orbit music? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Orbit music. I want to take a minute to expand on why Jim and I speak so fondly of orbit music. Obviously, before iTunes and MP3s, folks listen to physical cassettes, CDs, and records. And if you're like us, you just go and search through hundreds of tapes and CDs, hoping you'd find that hidden gem. But you could also purchase T-shirts, posters, and like Jim said, concert tickets. 
In those days, record stores and concert tickets went hand in hand. A lot of the time, that's how people found out about a certain concert, was at the record store, and ours was Orbit Music. I know many of you listening have fond memories of your own Orbit Music, or even the Orbit Music. Stores like this obviously are more rare these days and serve a different purpose, but they're still there. They're still around. Orbit is still there, matter of fact. Town and country in Mishawaka, Indiana. I encourage you to visit the locally owned Orbit Musics of the world and definitely go and show your support. Back to Jim and I. So anyway, so we get the tickets, and uh-huh. I, I uh, or I get the ticket, and mm-hmm. I, I don't, you know, again, I think I've, I had the conversation just like we talked about, and my, I'm thinking that maybe that like it was kind of up in the air whether I really had permission or not. Okay. Like I wasn't sure if I did, but I was right. like, well, I know, I know, you know. Well, maybe, you're gonna seal the deal by buying well, the just gonna go. Well, yeah, but but even then, you know, they could have pulled the I rug know. out from underneath me. That's and, true. And I feel like maybe they held. I they were like, well, you know, we don't know, and right. they left me thinking that they weren't going Correct. to let me, but. Of course, I was the whole time talking about how responsible we are, and you know, well, nothing. We were. Right, and we're we're, we're, we're going to get a hotel room. Absolutely, we're not. We're gonna not going to drive back. Yep. You know, we're, it's not like we're going to be drinking or anything. Right. Which we, I mean, we're seventeen years old, and I don't know how we would get get a hotel room at seventeen, but we we did somehow. You heard Jim and I discuss our parents and asking for permission. I honestly don't remember how I got permission. I don't remember if I had some clever strategy or or what. Throughout working on this project and meeting with Tony, Jim, and Jack, I just couldn't help but ask myself the entire time, what would I do if my kids asked me to head to a concert like this? And I'll ask you, the listener, the same thing. What would you do? What would you do if your kids came to you and asked to go to a concert like this? Here is Tony and I, discussing the context of asking our parents to head to the concert. And as you'll hear, we must have some serious courage to even ask if we could go. Because to hear the surrounding circumstances behind going, like I said, was preposterous. We also mentioned Spy Hunter. As you've heard in previous episodes, that was our nickname for Tony's mother, Kathy, because of her detective-like investigative skills. Here is Tony explaining some of the ways that he got permission from his parents. Um, one, I would say it would had to have been one of your first concerts you ever went to. It was one of the first concerts I think I had went to, like without my parents at least, um, was Cypress Hill, 311, and Farside. Let's just walk through it. Um, to, to, ask, to, to ask our parents, first of all, is preposterous. Mom and dad, can I join a caravan of teenagers? And you know us teenagers, mom and dad. We are... This is junior year. This is when Spy Hunter was Spy Hunter, dude. This is in previous podcast episodes. She has released some of her secrets. Mom and dad, I'm going to drive to the state capitol in a caravan with teenagers to a Cypress Hill concert. And not only that, Mom and Dad, we are going to stay the night. (laughs) 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 Now, like I said, we drove to Indianapolis in a caravan of about four or five carloads of teenagers. Next, Tony talks about meeting up with the caravan at the beginning of our trip. Then... 
Jack and Jim discuss a moving billboard announcing to all traffic on US 31 exactly where our caravan was headed, causing one of us to have red light visions. Here is Tony, then Jack, and lastly, Jim. Let's just walk through it. We met at what, Jay's house, and um, you drove the Jetta, he drove that Raider, Jack drove the Escort, and it was me, Jack, and Jim in the Escort. Do you remember who was with you? Maybe Klimak or Cal? Or? I got left with Kozar. Oh, so he was there too. Josh. Okay, okay. But then Klimak and Cal drove in a... They they drove. They were there. But yeah, dude, getting getting down there. I mean, it was a shit show. We, I can't believe we all made it. Insane. You know, like we made it. It was okay. The the trip there was fine. Everything right. worked out just fine on the way there. Yep. Yep. You know, nothing yep. happened to Jack yet. <laughs> because I remember. Uh, we went to uh, their, their Lenzowski's. Uh, her dad's house on 26th. Da- yeah, and you know, I remember yep. pulling up, and then on, on Jay's car, he had Cypress Hill or Bust. Yes, he and, did. And yeah. I was like, oh, hell no. I mean, I thought that was great. The stupidest yes. thing you could ever do, but what yeah. a classic, like, <laughs> so that 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 right there, like, tipped it off. You were like, oh, yeah. dude, this is crazy. Yeah. I can remember meeting up at Lenzowski's mm-hmm. dad's house. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jason at the time was driving a silver rate dot. Was it a Dodge Dodge Raider? I think I, it was. Good I think it was Dodge models, Raider. but it was Dodge it was a Raider. Dodge company, some type of Raider. Yeah, it was a, Dodge it was a Raider, Raider. I think. like yeah, a like Raider for a, a, a SUV, a yeah, smaller Jeep SUV, kind of, Jeep kind of uh, sort of. Yeah, with the uh-huh. <laughs> with scrawled all over the back, and I don't know if it was shoe polish or soap, like soap or whatever it was. Clearly said. Cypress Hill or bust. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so a pretty responsible thing to do. Real responsible thing to do is write Cypress Hill or bust on your car when you're hi- heading to the Cypress Hill concert when you are, you know, 17, 18, yeah. 19 years old and you have three or four of gentlemen of that age in the car. Right. What's going to happen to you on the way down? to Indianapolis if you're driving like that what's gonna happen well if you're driving through Lakeville Indiana (laughs) (laughs) which you would have had to at the time at at 25 miles an hour (laughs) (laughs) you get pulled over and we drove past him as he got pulled over um, I don't think anything ever happened. No, nothing. No, obviously not, never no, did. They, but I remember we were driving and we we're like, "Well, sir, you wrote Cypress Hill or bust right. on your windshield." What do you think? What do you think's gonna happen? You know. <laughs> Again, I keep asking myself, "What would I do as a parent now if my kids asked me to head out of town and stay the night to attend a concert like this at 16 or 17 years old?" Next. Jack and I described not knowing how we even got the hotel. (laughs) And then after Jack, Jim and I further discussed the hotel and how it really wasn't even close to the concert venue. So there was a a caravan of us. Yes. You know, and uh, we were all loaded up. And and it's crazy. I I don't know who got the hotel room, but we got a hotel room. Yeah, we had a hotel room. I have no idea how that happened. No clue either. We don't know. I remember it was a a motel, 
a car like a yeah like outside. you pull yeah. up in front mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and and I, but yeah I don't really remember I mean so you know we're I, I recall it was on like Shadeland Avenue or something it, like that. I, I don't know that why name that name keeps popping around Shadeland Avenue and um we, oh, Tony my fault Tony did tell me last night he texted me back the concert was at the RCA Dome but there was a convention center connected to the RCA Dome and that's where it was it was in the convention center okay so it was central like it was right there smack dab in right. the middle of so but I don't downtown. our ho- I know our motel was not smack dab in the middle of downtown no when you think of concert venues you probably think of a basketball arena a stadium or even a theater next Jim and I shared that the Cypress Hill concert was in a large convention hall room with general admission, meaning that you can sit wherever, stand wherever. After Jim, Tony and I also discussed the layout of the room, and he started talking about the pit, the mosh pit, which we'll definitely get into more later. The pit was just the floor area between the stage and the bleachers, where people, for lack of a better term, basically just slam danced into each other. Here is Jim. You know, so we get to the concert. Mm -hmm. And I just remember walking in, like, and and it was just a long space. Correct. And with bleat, like, seats or bleachers. Yeah. It wasn't big at all. It almost, now that Tony said that it was at the convention center, it makes sense that possibly it was in one of those big convention rooms. Yeah. But they had temporary bleachers yeah. against the back wall. Right. I mean, that's kind of because it was yeah. like, like you said, it was yeah, very. The simple. room was not a giant square; it was more of a yeah, big rectangle. rectangle. So it had yeah. room on the back for the bleachers, right? And then room on the floor for the mosh yeah, pit. Yeah, the general admission, and then the stage. And it was yeah. general admission. Oh, I don't yeah, no, we, we had no right because we were all with each other. Yeah. We we didn't a buy our seats no. together, and no. then po- possibly, uh, you know, I don't know how they make tickets available like how they determine how many people could be in the seats and how many mm-hmm. people could be on the floor but the Shit. only way there the only reason Shit. there was open seats is because everybody was, was on, on the, the floor, floor man do you recall where was the concert the old RCA dome mm-hmm. but they had like a like a century center attached to it a convention yeah convention so it's just an open center. ass hall yeah with the backstage you know sta- stage General mission, then what's bleachers, the, bleachers type, like, like yeah, pulled out like, almost like gym bleachers, yeah, correct, correct, like up against the yep. wall. But you know, that was my first, like, I seen rock arena, yes, venues, yes, yes arena, yes, 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 yeah, 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 you yeah. Know, arena shows, big one, not, big produced, not GA shows, GA general that, admission, that, that pit, yeah. That was just to see, and we were up in the stands. Right? Uh-huh. I didn't, I didn't mm-hmm. go down. I was a little ass motherfucker. Yeah, I, I wasn't go. doing that shit. That was yet. Scary. But you know, Jack and Jim, they're uh-huh. rowdy at that time. Yep. Now, the main and only reason that we went to the concert was to see Cypress Hill. So, regardless who the opening acts were, I guarantee you, we still would have gone. The Far Side, the hip hop group that we were pretty familiar with, were the opening act, and 311, a group that we hadn't heard of, performed after them. Next, Tony discusses the artists and the overall vibe that he was feeling at the time. You see, this was one of Tony's first concerts of literally hundreds, and you can hear it in his voice that this was where he fell in love with concerts. Again, ask yourself, what would you do if your kids asked you to go to a concert like this? 
Here is Tony and I. And just to, to see that vibe, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, like we didn't know who to, we knew who Farside was and they were dope as fuck. Darn dude, right. They're dope as yes. fuck, dude. Yes, yes. You know, and it was like, awesome. Yes. And then 311 came on, and this is when 311 was just new to the scene. Very new. They didn't even have a hit yet. Nope. That album didn't even come out for like another two years after. Oh, really? Saw yeah. Wow. Okay. That was, I think, the Grassroots album. Was, wow. That would have been for them, which was their second album, uh-huh. which is still not getting no radio play. Right. You know, they're different. Right. They were different when they came out. That was it was a new sound. It was but, like a sublime sound, yes, but yes, yep. mixed with some Beastie Boys type yeah. shit. But to hear you live know? there as and little they were kids, so it was like, fucking Dang. good, dude. I was like, dude, they're rapping over Dang. reggae. The one dude yes. had real good flow. Yes, you know they got real good jams and yep. shit, and it was dope. But let's face it, we were there to see one band. It was Cypress Hill, Correct. but a byproduct of that, we saw Far Side. Correct, Three Eleven. Yep. And but I mean Cypress, it was Temple of Boom yeah. Tour Two, dude. That <laughs> album was so dark. Uh-oh. Especially at that yep. time of yep. our adolescence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Mid nineties. You know? <laughs> and Sin Dog wasn't even there. You're right. He wasn't. He they No, had, he that they, was they when they got Bobo. That's was, right. That you're was right. when they got Bobo yeah, on the right. percussions, but yeah. he was rapping at first. You're right. You're right. You're so right. it was just be real. That's it. It was just be yep. real up there, dude. Yep. But yeah, that, when Cypress came out, dude, just feeling all those vibes oh, up. Going from 90s hip hop, yep. like happy, far side. Yeah, like happy, you know, original backpack. Straight up. Backpack rap. Straight it's up. Happy me. Happy rap. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yep. Uh, so 311. Yeah, dude. Then the fucking Cypress mm. in 96, mm. dude. Like, Man. we just drove down mm, from South Bend. Mm. We don't have school tomorrow. That hotel that dude, night. I'm like, dude, this was like the greatest moment of my yeah. life almost uh-huh. experience uh-huh. that. Next, you'll hear Jack mention how hype Cypress Hill was. And after Jack, Jim and I briefly discussed the performers as well. But Cypress Hill was off the chain. That was yep. uh, that was a really epic time. So, yep, yep, yep. A lot, lot of fall, dude. A lot of just a, you know, just a crazy time, man. Uh, and Jim, when we walked in there, uh, this is Cypress Hill, 311 Farsight. I don't know who... I don't know, 311 Farside played first. Third Farside third. came on first. Was it? Yep. Okay, so it was yep. Farside and 311. I had never even known 311. Me neither. Until that night. And the only Farside I knew was, she keeps on oh, passing yeah. me by that Oh, one yeah, there. I mean, that's a classic. Um, classic. You know. By this point, everything is going well. Our Cypress Hill or Bust Caravan made it down to Indy successfully. We found the convention center without GPS, and we were rocking out to the music. Next, Jack describes as he was rocking out, the first mishap occurred. We were by the stage. Yeah. Because yep. I I think we I think it was uh our side started it. Uh-huh. Thanks. And so. then and then 311. I remember being I remember 311 being I've been being closer. Because uh-huh. I remember some sh- uh, who lost a shoe? Somebody lost a shoe. Next. 
Jim describes what can happen when you're a 17-year-old kid getting into the mix in the center of a mosh pit. But at one point, Jim, you joined the mosh pit. Oh, of course. Do you recall if that was a 311 or Cypress Hill or what? It was 311. Was it? So talk to me about that. Yeah, what, so, man, well, yeah, I mean, you know, a little 17-year-old 17 fella. So I, uh, you know, I never have experienced a concert like that uh -huh. before, you know. So it was a pretty big deal. And yeah. when, you know, when you're young, you 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 decide you'd like to get into the mix. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm in the mix. Mm-hmm. And I learned a very important lesson about concert going. What's that? That uh, that night. Well, I learned, and this is, seems silly, but mm -hmm. you know, as a seventeen-year-old kid, right? Um, I didn't tie my shoes. <laughs> Unless I was playing a sport. Yeah, <laughs> keep your shoes loose. I did not you tie know? my shoes. <laughs> Slipping them on. God, it's ridiculous. <laughs> so you. So <laughs> So Jim was mosh pitting, and I, I, I'll explain it from, from my standpoint first. I'll let him because yeah. he was in the mix of it. But Jim was down there. A few others were down there in the mosh pit. Whatever. Oh, yeah. I'm I never sure Hernandez down was yep. down there. Yep. He's crazy, you know. And I look down, and I see Jim Walsh walking back up kind of flustered. <laughs> I could just see his head coming up the stairs, up the stairs from the mosh pit, kind of sweaty and flustered. Yeah. Then I look down. <laughs> He's got one shoe on, and the other the other foot has a damn dirty ass sock Floppy. that's flopping up the damn thing. <laughs> Turns out he lost the shoe mosh pitting. I did. Then throughout the whole rest of the show, we kept seeing that what was it Adidas shell toe or Adidas it was uh, Stan uh, yeah, Smith or mint, something mint like that. green Adidas <laughs> campus shoes that were a little bit too big, but they were sweet. So I'm like, I'm buying these. So yeah, we saw it flying oh, through man. the air the whole rest uh, of the show. Oh, I, I tell you, it was like I remember the music was on. And I mean, it was 311. They're, yeah. they're a mix of rap and yep. rock, and yep. which was that was getting big at the time. Yes. And, you know, but they were kind of some of the leaders in that. Mm -hmm. And I remember the music was getting loud and people are pushing and I get pushed forward. Uh -huh. Well, I don't have my shoe tied. Some of the person yep. behind me was Stepped stepping on, on the heel of my shoe. Uh -huh. It's too big. I get pushed forward. Oh, shoe comes off. <laughs> So immediately I'm like trying to create a circle around me with my arms and my in my body mm -hmm. pushing like trying to push people away like I'm I'm like trying to grasp for the shoe. I felt like uh the little fella on Indiana Jones when they're chasing <laughs> after the, yes. the the medallion on the ground, you know, and it's just it's just out of reach every time. It's like a bad dream or something. That was my shoe. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, and I, I thought, well, I can get on the ground or I can just or die. Hope, for the, hope for the best. Yeah. So well, I just kept it moving and uh, <laughs> decided at that point, like, I, I should probably go sit down. I, yeah. Being down here with one shoe isn't going to <laughs> not too smart work out. And, and like you mentioned, uh, you know, it was February. Yes. So it was not, it wasn't warm. And right. I'm, I'm thinking the whole time, man, how am I, what, I'm not going to have a shoe the rest of the week. What, how am don't I going to have gonna... money to go buy shoes? No, it's not night. really. You can't, you can't. No. Yeah. There was no, we don't, you can't wire money. You no. can't, you know, do anything like that. So you were down one shoe the whole rest of the concert. I was. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, so I, I, I like you mentioned, uh, you described before, I walked up there yeah. and I, 
everybody looks over at me and I lift my foot up and I like, I'm, sh- I'm shaking my foot with my f- sock is flopping in the air. I'm like, I lost my shoe, you know? So funny. And uh, so, you know, show goes on. We're sitting there. I'm kind of bummed, you know, Cypress Hill comes on. We yep. get a lot happier. It, uh-huh. you know, the, the party is getting going even yeah. more, you know? As you just heard, one of Jim's untied shoes got stepped on in the mosh pit and he could not recover it. As we kept seeing it flying through the air as Cypressville was performing, Jim was getting more and more nervous by the minute, wondering how he would avoid frostbite walking in the snow in his socks. Next, Jim and Jack share how a dedicated shoe owner thought that his shoe was boom bitty bye bye. But instead, a miraculous reunion happened in Indianapolis on that cold February night in 1996. And uh, like you mentioned, all of a sudden we see that shoe go, uh, a shoe, (laughs) which we believe to be mine Uh uh, because I don't have one. Right. And uh, goes flying through the air. (laughs) And I, and I, I, I can still remember like everybody looking at me, like going like, whoa, you know, and and like you said, man, it gets thrown back and forth a handful of times. Right. Well, I, the, the final resting, but I recalled, you know, I took a little, yeah, mental, mental Mental note where I last saw the Uh show. After the show, I I walked directly to that spot. Uh I make a beeline to that spot. Of course, the, the, the ground is, Nasty, beer, pop, you know, just gross. And it was crazy. He lost his shoe like the whole concert. And (laughs) and and we were there when the lights came on. And lo and behold, here's a shoe just sitting there. It was like it it just floated right back to him. Like a boomerang. It just boomeranged back to him. And... The stars aligned for me that night, Matt. There it was. There it was. Wedged underneath the Amazing. the metal fence. Amazing. Of the sound booth. Oh yeah. So it got like it made it to like it was it was wedged and in, ben- and, and just stayed there. It, that was its final resting spot. Stayed there. The sound guy, you know, yeah, minded his own business. Whatever. You know? It didn't do. And so there was my shoe. So I grabbed it, put it on, and we were out. Man, as you had, <laughs> but. <laughs> I'm sure that you should have saved the shoe. That'd be hilarious. I wish I did, man. <laughs> I'd, st- I'd be still so be wearing funny. those things. They were uh, <laughs> they were primo, dude. They were suede, mint, mint green suede. They weren't. You know, mint I mean, green they anymore. were like they were like Beastie style. Yeah, that's, you know? that, I mean, was that, that was that was that was us, man. That was we it. were the shell toe, and yep, damn right. And then that know? was the that was the last mishap of the trip, wasn't it? No, Matt. That was one of the most insane things that I've seen. You can imagine you watch your friend flop up the bleachers, missing a shoe, all sweaty and dirty, his feet probably all stepped on and hurting, and he comes up and says his shoe is gone, but then periodically you would see this shoe flying through the air. And each time you knew it was Jim's and then you'd look at Jim and he'd be shaking his head because the only thing he could think about probably was 
<laughs> How in the hell am I going to walk in this snow wearing a sock? And I'm telling you, it was such a miraculous thing that there were, I don't know, a couple thousand people, whatever it was, and a shoe flying everywhere. And after the show, Jim was relocated with his shoe. Just amazing. Thank you for listening to part one of our Cypress Hiller Bust episodes. I hope that it sparked another memory of when you were 17 years old and you skipped school to caravan down to the state capitol with a handful of teenagers to attend a Cypress Hill concert. And then while you were there, you lose a shoe and then see the shoe flying back and forth above the crowd. And each time you saw it, you had visions of walking in the snow in your socks. That's happened to everyone, right? If you like our show, please be sure to share it with a friend. Follow us on Facebook, Memory Mission, and Twitter, at Memory Mission. And you can also email us at memorymission at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening.